0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours.
1: This is the Lombardi Line with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard on VSN.
2: is our number two of the Lombardi Line Tuesday edition from downtown Las Vegas at our Circus Sportsbook studios. They're expecting to pack this thing up behind us, Mike, in about an hour because the U.S. and Iran get ready to square off massive World Cup match. Uh, but right now we're talking about the American football here, at Mike Pritchard, because mm. Mike used to play at Colorado, national champion for the Buffs. and. Long-time NFL wide receiver as well with a Week 13 slate of games, Mike, that uh, starts our final descent towards the playoffs. It's the final six-week stretch that gets underway starting on Thursday. But we talked about one uh, couple of teams in the first hour that are kind of in that mix, right in the middle of the playoff picture, but who have started to struggle a little bit. A team in the AFC that has also shown similar cracks is the Baltimore Ravens, who blow a Sizable lead against Jacksonville, lose twenty-eight-27 on the final two-point conversion by the Jaguars. And we now try to figure out where do we slot in Baltimore and where should the betting market slot in Baltimore in the midst of the playoff picture? Fourth right now, leading the AFC North, but only have the tiebreaker over the Bengals because of the head to head win earlier on a Sunday night in Baltimore, each at seven and four right now. What do you what do you make of this? latest Baltimore uh, slide here and blowing yet another late lead? Well, first
3: of all, I think the betting market is in tune with Baltimore because that line came down. Uh, and so, I mean, you think of and consider where the Ravens are and what they've been doing and, and certainly uh, within that division, but yet that line against Jacksonville was coming down. And um, it, it became attractive. It was approaching three, right? Uh, uh, but there you go with Baltimore. I mean, 7-4 record, the culture, Lamar Jackson, I go back to what else can they get to, Ben? And, you know, defensively, they've evolved. They've added Roquan Smith. I think Queen is a, a great tandem right there with the linebacking position. But in the secondary, uh, they have issues. You know, and I, I think up front, they're aging a, a little bit too. So uh, they want it to have a presence defensively. You go get Roquan, but can you get pressure on a quarterback? I mean, you have to be able to do that to protect leads, and you have to be able to hold up on the back end to protect leads as well. So I think offensively, it's all about Lamar Jackson and how good of a game he can have. Uh, he means so much to the offense and what they do. Uh, the weapons around him are okay, uh, but it's really more about Lamar Jackson and, and being explosive that way. So uh, if they can't lean on a running game opposite or in addition to Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, this is another team that they looked apart, but I don't know if they're going to be able to uh, hold on. Uh, to looking the part.
2: You mentioned what the betting market did last week. Everybody <laughs> seemingly knew the final score before the game kicked <laughs> off. Jacksonville right. bet from four point to three or three and a half point underdogs in the game, at least for going forward. And you look at the divisional markets now. Mm-hmm. At DraftKings, where numbers are up here as of Tuesday morning on the West Coast, Baltimore's down now down to minus two eighty to win the division. They're down to that number from as high as minus four fifty or five dollar. Uh, favorites, as I look at at the screen where they were at just last week at BetMGM, right. Baltimore was minus 500, high water mark they had been all season. That's a little overzealous when you consider it's now a tie with Cincinnati, a team who's red hot, having won seven of nine. Do have the tiebreaker, like we mentioned, but where do you expect the the number to to actually go here? We're seeing now minus 240 at MGM on Baltimore, but doesn't that feel like a little little heavy of a price to want to put on a Baltimore team that has obvious flaws? I mean, it does. Uh, it does because I, I don't know how Baltimore can fix
3: relinquishing fourth quarter, late fourth quarter leads. Like, how are they going to fix that? Uh, unless it's the opponent. I mean, but then consider the opponent. Consider the track record, too. I mean, that was Jacksonville. Uh, and again, it was on the road. I get that. But I think Baltimore had played well against that division. Uh, already. And, um, you know, you think about what what has transpired. I mean, even in the NFC North, um, Baltimore has played well. But within their own division, uh, and that's what we're going to be looking at moving forward. I mean, they got the Broncos coming up, and then, uh, okay, you got Cleveland, and then certainly you got Pittsburgh and those games that way, Cincinnati one more time. Um, but maybe it looks okay for Baltimore in that regard. Uh, but I, I think when you have issues that you can't fix right now, uh, I, I just wouldn't run to the window uh, right there for Baltimore. I mean, there's some other attractive situations. You mentioned Cincinnati uh, getting hot. I mean, I'd be encouraged to see what Cincinnati turns into when Jamar Chase comes back. I think that defense mm-hmm. is picking up as well for for the Bengals.
2: Keep in mind that Cincinnati rematch, as you're seeing, for those of you watching us on vcin.com and uh, YouTube TV, that is the Week 18 game, Baltimore at Cincinnati. It will be the final game of the season, the rematch right. between the Ravens and the Bengals. But when you have four losses and all four were games you led mm-hmm. in and a couple of the games, Miami the most notable with massive late collapses, from your perspective having played in the locker room, what are, what are, the, what are the rumblings going on when, you're, when you, you know you're a team that has struggled to close out leads and could very easily be a 9- or 10-win team right
3: now? Well, I think if it happened earlier in the year and it happened like it did against Miami, you, you kind of brush that off. Oh man, you know miscommunication. New defensive coordinator. We couldn't get the calls right. We couldn't get settled in on what we wanted to do. But now when it happens against Jacksonville and, and a young team, a young quarterback, and uh, he feel—I mean, everybody's giving him praise now against your defense. I, I think that should smart a little bit. Uh, but we'll get to this uh, a little bit later in right route and wrong route. I, I don't know if it is smarting because I don't—I don't know if Baltimore is looking at it that way,
2: and that to me is bothersome. So it's almost like. You're continuing, like you say, you just sort of throw it under the bus as ah, a one-off situation week two. Right. But it's week 12, and it's happening again. Mm-hmm. And you you think that it's uh, it's maybe a little hubris, is that fair to say, on the Baltimore side? Just thinking, well, we're going to figure this out. That, yeah. That's still not a big enough deal to really uh, really address the concern right,
3: right. now. Right. It's no different than Green Bay, you know, weeks ago. And we talked about this um, they don't think they're they're bad. They think everything's okay. We just got to tweak this and tweak that. But no, you're bad. <laughs> now look at where the Green Bay is, right? Uh, the realization of that we're a bad team is happening right now. Uh, for Baltimore, I get the same sense as a former player that yeah, we we you know gave away those games and we had them. We, we didn't win them. But it's only four. It's only three. Uh, we got four losses. We're okay. You know we're good. Uh, but no, I I think there should be a concern. Uh, in a sense of urgency, but I'm not feeling that here on a Tuesday
2: early in the week. And a team that is bottom half of the league on a yards per play allowed basis, bottom half of the league average yards per drive allowed, bottom half of the league defending the run. If you're extrapolating that out to a playoff picture where you have Buffalo, Kansas City, Miami, the elite most explosive offenses in the NFL and all put into one conference, how can you have any trust in Baltimore to run a table and go through the playoffs, even keeping in mind and throwing out the actual divisional race that they're right. very much in right now with Cincinnati.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the Cleveland game gets interesting because now you're going to talk about Deshaun Watson with about three games under his belt, right? Uh, and, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, we saw what Pittsburgh is. I, Matt Canada really is handcuffing that that offense right now, but they're, they're talented. They can make plays. Um, uh, yeah, I think Atlanta is going to try to beat them up, you know, but... Uh, no, the challenges are there for Baltimore, uh, and that's why I, w- I just wouldn't run uh, to that window right now with
2: that division well, situation. Well, the ghost of Wink Martindale <laughs> is that—is that becoming a thing? Former defensive coordinator yeah. out now with the New York Giants. It doesn't seem like Baltimore has found its vocal leader on the defensive side of the ball, whether that's player or coach. Right, right. I mean, just like
3: players in experience, uh, Ben. You know, coaches in experience. Um, when you look at the the defense coordinator, Mike McDonald, does he have experience? coordinating a defense in December in these meaningful games, not to the level of, of Mar- Martindale. I mean, not to that level, not to the level of a lot of other coordinators that he's going to be going up against.
2: At least if you're Baltimore or if you're any struggling team, like in the NFL, you know, it's a really nice thing to flip the, the page on the week calendar and see as an upcoming What's opponent. That? that would be getting the opportunity to face off against Nathaniel Hackett, oh, Russell Wilson, right. and the Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah. That is what the Ravens yeah. have this week. About eight-point opening favorites against the Denver Broncos. You would expect, based on market history, the market to adjust and continue to take Baltimore money. It is up now to eight and a half in a couple places, but most of the spots in the market still at eight, including at Pet MGM. And for Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach for Denver, and for Russell Wilson, who apparently it's his birthday today, Mike. Yeah, 34. 34 years old. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> there is a... First uh, year of a kajillion dollar, that's an approximation, kajillion dollar contract. I know. And they... Look, look, give them some credit, Mike. Broncos finally snapped a streak where they had gone 20 drives on offense without scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Granted, Baltimore has some defensive issues, but this should be the ultimate get-right spot against an offense that has completely lost its way in Denver. It
3: should be. It should be. But, I mean... I don't know where Denver finds itself. And I mean, I was looking at the team totals right there, and that was astounding, you know, giving Denver 14 points there. But I'm like, how are they going to do that? But, uh, you know, the Ravens, they, they need to put the pedal to the metal offensively. They need to establish a running game. I think uh, Denver defensively is at that tipping point where they're about to give up, right? They're about to, you know, what the season's over. Uh, I am not going to put my body through that, that kind of feeling. That's what it looks like a little bit. I mean, especially last week against Carolina, uh, the way that Carolina just had more passion uh, than Denver uh, uh, in that football game. I, I know Denver's offense is inept, but, uh, yeah, I mean, defensively they were able to keep them in. Look at that total now, 38-and-a-half here down from 41. So Continuing uh, to drop. Absolutely, and so you got a large spread, I believe, too, uh, in that situation with
2: Baltimore. With how violent and physical the game, football at, at the highest level is, your defense like Denver, who's been top five across the board in most defensive categories, mm-hmm. we talk about how in the mid, in single game handicaps, it's just so hard to ask a defense to carry a team for 60 minutes. Denver's defense has been asked to carry the team for about 360 minutes <laughs> Pretty this much, yeah. So at what point do you just see that cratering start to happen, even with a unit that is, is as elite as the Broncos has been all year? It
3: already has. I mean, you saw the interaction on the sideline with, with the defensive players and, and Russell and um, I think the dynamic with Russell is run his course too. I mean, those players are fed up with that uh, out there in Denver.
2: You haven't seen the videos. They're not happy with Russell. No, that's all seen. you have to say. And Nathaniel Hackett is just sort of sitting there, stone faced. Yeah. With should, should he just take the headset off? You said uh, you said earlier <laughs> that, that Jeff Saturday should probably just take the headset off. I mean, shouldn't? shouldn't uh, that might
3: be his only last decision right now. I mean, he's done everything else, right?
2: Somebody like take the plug and you know unhook it or something. <laughs> yeah. Just have the invisible headset going. A lot, lot, uh, lot to make of what's going on for one of your former teams, the Denver Broncos. Mike, when we return, it's time for right route, wrong route. Baltimore will feature, as will a couple other teams this week.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time.
1: Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSIN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard.
2: The VSIN Cyber Monday deal has been extended. Sign up today to become a VSIN Pro subscriber, and you'll get a daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep Dive daily betting reports, plus our upcoming College Bowl and Super Bowl betting guides. New VEASAN Pro annual subscribers get a $30 credit to the VEASAN store. The VEASAN store is a great place to shop for VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is an extended Cyber Monday offer and won't last long. So sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com subscribe. You know what the gift we have each week, this show specifically, Mike, that keeps on giving? It's right, wrap, wrong, route. It it's been a great giving. gift. We yeah. started doing it in September. Yep. For those who are being newly initiated, Mike Richard, longtime NFL wide receiver. So we talk about which teams are going in the right direction, the right routes. You used to run always mm-hmm. right routes, yep. and which teams are going in the wrong direction, now, wrong routes. We can continue the discussion on Baltimore because this did make the cut for you this week of our four to our right routes, to our wrong routes. Uh, and Baltimore on the wrong route, it's, uh, it continues to be an ongoing issue, and it's time we address it, Mike. Well,
3: I mean, I, I think it's beneficial for betting. I mean, at least it's helped me, too. Uh, this exercise, wrong route, right route, I mean, you look at things differently or, or you come up with reasons why to go a certain direction with a bet. Uh, with Baltimore running the wrong route right now, I mean, uh, we were just talking about it. Uh, the relinquishing leads late in the game. You know, if you're a good team, you're supposed to cap them off. I think players, sometimes coaches, but more so players can give you great information. Because being a former player myself, I mean, there's certain things you don't want to say to the media, but then there's certain things you have to say. And you you should say to the media, maybe to get your point across. Uh, Justin Houston acknowledged that defenders got lackadaisical on the final drive against Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence. Like, and we had to talk about this during the break because I personally don't use that word. I haven't used lackadaisical. That's and... not in the
2: Mike Pritchard vocabulary. <laughs> well, I okay? mean,
3: careless, lazy, lax, you know, that kind of thing, right? I was gonna say bereft of passion. Would sure, be my... throw all that in there. <laughs> yeah, throw all I, in there. The way I described it. Sure, you could do that. Um, but I think it's a great quote, and I think it's uh, um, a lot of great information right
2: there. But pretty telling, like you say, when that's happening on the final drive of yeah. the game that you led by a touchdown. Right. And, and it's that's hap- when you're lackadaisical.
3: And it's happened earlier in the year. Like you would think getting your butt whipped against Miami the way that you did, you would have a sense of urgency to fix that and not be lackadaisical on a final drive on the road. But there you go. Lack of communication. The little things. You know, how do you have lack of communication on the defense? <laughs> I mean,. To me, that's troublesome. That, that's what we were talking about. How do you have lack of communication? They had that against Miami, broke down wide-open receivers, and they still have it as we're going into December. They haven't fixed
2: it. That's why there's some concern mm-hmm. there. That's why this is such a valuable exercise. It's mm-hmm. not only looking at teams and figuring out, is the betting market in tune with the general direction of where teams are heading? Betting market seems to be... Uh, Adjusting Baltimore's futures price, but not necessarily to the the degree that, Mike, you and I would both expect. Still minus 240 to win the AFC North with a red-hot Cincinnati team now tied with Baltimore, albeit not having the tiebreaker. But this exercise, it applies to teams. Mm -hmm. It also applies to individuals. And if you want to go into the player prop market, look at individual players who have made significant strides either to the good or to the bad, and you've identified, Mike, one rookie wide receiver in Green Bay in Christian Watson who's really come on strong. This guy uh, is starting to get it.
3: He's starting to play faster. He's starting to have confidence. Um, I mean, he's got six touchdowns in three games, uh, really, essentially. Uh, The targets have gone up to, uh, you can see Aaron Rodgers comfortable. Jordan Love was comfortable throwing him the rock. Uh, No, he's starting to emerge. He's, He's no longer a rookie. By, by November, December, in the National Football League, you're no longer a rookie, especially if you're starting. Uh, he had some injuries, and I think he did lack some confidence because of what happened in training camp and all kinds of stuff. But, uh, no, he's really emerged into the player that a lot of people thought he could be, become. Uh, I thought he was a first-round. He's a first-round talent. They got him in the second round. Uh, but, no, this guy has the speed of James Lofton, uh, has the dimensions of a big wide receiver on the outside too, and has the ability to run with the football after the catch. I mean, he's got everything you would want for an elite player, and and I think he's going to become that one day. It's an
2: amazing comp, James Lofton, Packer Hall of Fame yeah. wide receiver, arguably the second best receiver in Packer history behind only Sterling Sharp. He runs like Lofton too, like um, just how
3: fluid and it doesn't it looks effortless, right? And Lofton was like that long strider, lean. Uh, but God, he could just run down the sideline, uh, and that's what Christian Watson reminds me of mm-hmm. uh, when I watch him run uh, go routes. At
2: least from the player prop standpoint, it now becomes if it is Jordan Love at quarterback the rest mm-hmm. of the way. Packers this week very non-committal about the status of an injured Aaron Rodgers, who's dealing with a multitude of injuries right now, including a broken thumb. Mm-hmm. Rumors are that he'll go on IR eventually. Packers are out of it four and eight. Have to see what you have in Jordan Love, a third-year quarterback. You would invest a first-round draft pick in. It's. Do you believe Watson will be the guy Love looks to as almost a, a security blanket type? Uh, because that's what you're looking at, right? In the yeah. Market.
3: No, I, I think so. And, and you know, this uh, being a longtime Packers fan, I mean, um, when you have a featured guy like this in that offense, they're going to move him all around. They're going to. He's Devonte Adams, right? He's going to. His targets should go up. Uh, he's averaging four receptions a game, but he's got over 100 yards twice. And like I mentioned, he's got six touchdowns. So in the red zone, he's going to be a target. Uh, I think, uh, possession-wise, but then also big play-wise. He is just going to be the number one
2: guy, I believe, moving forward for the Packers. 20 targets over the last three games, as you see what he has done since November the 13th, three weeks ago in that upset win over Dallas. Has followed it up, even in back-to-back losses, for Green Bay. A team that is on the right route, and they make the cut. First time we've mentioned them, Mike. (laughs) Washington Commanders. You ready to buy in on Um, the Commandos?
3: Man, I... As much as I have disdain for Del Rio, I'm I'm giving him, <laughs> I'm giving him respect, though, because the defense is... The defense specifically. Yeah. They're not going their full team, but right. the defense has turned it around. I mean, 15 points per game? I mean, come on. Uh, and, you know, Heineke and, and what they're doing offensively, they've skewed it towards the running game, and Robinson's really emerging as one of those type of running backs that you want to see uh, in the month of December do well for Washington. Uh, but, no, really, their defense... I, I go back to the front, you know, all the talent that they have, all those first-rounders up there, uh, they fired their defensive line coach at the beginning of the year, scapegoats, I guess, But uh, and then they got off to a shaky start. But lately, this defense is just tenacious. I mean, they get after you. They're, they're physical. Uh, they like to mix it up. They can pressure the quarterback. Uh, and and they're running a, a decent scheme in which they can play fast. So when you're allowing that many points a game, fifteen just 15 points a game, uh, in the last handful of games. I mean, that's that's highly impressive. With a quarterback in Taylor
2: Heineke right. that has made it work, but continues to throw balls up for grabs, mm-hmm. and you just wonder, how long is that going to last? It certainly helps when you have a defense as elite as Washington's to help out on the back end.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's a gunslinger, and you, you have to rein him in if you can, but also you can take the ball out of his hands and run the football, especially when you're playing defense like that. And look at the games that they have down the stretch. As good as the 49ers look on paper, uh, are they scoring a ton of points, you know? And, you know, I mean, the Browns will see, the Cowboys, obviously, but the two ga- uh, games against the Giants, I mean, those, those
2: things get very, very This is, though, the three-week, two-game stretch. Yeah. That will tell so much. Washington, Giants, two teams right in the mix, both mm-hmm. in the wild card discussion right now. Again, Washington has moved to minus 165 to make the playoffs. Giants have now dropped to even money to make, while Seattle, who's on the outside looking in, currently sits at minus 280 to get into that seven-team playoff mix. We have won more on the right route, wrong route. I'm very happy that you included this gentleman on the wrong route today. Look into New Orleans, and it is one person in specific you've got some disdain for today,
3: Mark. Oh, man, Dennis Allen, just stubborn, really stubborn. And, and I, you talk about coaching yourself out of a job, Um. With that roster, talking to people, and you remember we talked to Randy Mueller, Mueller, uh, former GM and, and uh, executive of the year for uh, the Saints, and you think about that roster uh, and how they looked at the beginning of the year. I get the Jameis Winston situation uh, and the injury, but now you're going with Andy Dalton. He's made a decision with his coaching future to go with Andy Dalton, uh, and I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I, I think. I think for that team uh, and, and who they are and the talent that they have on that field, uh, I don't know why you go with Andy Dalton outside of being stubborn now, right? Uh, defensively, they can get it done. We know that they're undisciplined at times, though. Penalties and turnovers, turnover differential, and I think I, I think that's coaching. I think when you don't make it important to fix it or if you don't make it important for the players to fix it, then that's lackadaisical, all right? Uh, But then also that stubbornness, too. So uh, definitely a wrong route situation uh, for Dennis Allen. It's something
2: you've said before. You need to have feel when you're a head coach. It's Uh not just the stats. Dalton's stats, they look fine. He's 10th in quarterback rating in general. The overall numbers look okay, but Mm. it doesn't really pass the eye test when you watch him try to lead the team, and that's where the job of a head coach comes into play. Right, right. And
3: uh, you think about what Jameis is. Uh, and and the willingness I mean that team was was coming back against Atlanta right and then last year before the injury that team was humming Uh, with Andy Dalton there's no inspiration in my opinion
2: four and eight and I'm like you I still believe and have conviction that let's say Sean Payton was the head coach this would probably be a seven and five team and would be right in the hunt would be leading the NFC South right now they had some at least quality, non-ineptitude at the coaching position. When we return, it is Josh Applebaum from Beeson Morning Daily Bets who joins the show.
1: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on Beeson. With Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard.
2: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit Beeson.com to check the current betting splits data want to know where the money and bets are moving every game. The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. Beeson is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at Beeson.com. Final half hour for us on the Lombardi line with the former... Colorado Buffalo, Mike Pritchard. I'm Ben Wilson. Apparently, Deion Sanders, Mike, could potentially be going to your alma mater. They've offered him a job. Primetime yeah. to Boulder. How does that sound? I know, right? Um, it sounds great. It sounds wonderful. You played against um, Dion back in the with day. With him. and against. Yeah, yes. yeah.
3: Um, I put out a tweet, Ben, and it's like... At M. I. Pritchard. At M. I. Give Pritchard, him a follow. Yep, absolutely. Um, to be the best, you have to beat the best. But that's the final step. Mm-hmm. Um, seek knowledge from the best, or more importantly, work with the best. Mm. Shoulder to shoulder. The at wise CU Bus
2: football. The wise sage Mike <laughs> Pritchard with his his right. Zen philosophy. That's right. That's right. And when you win only one game for Colorado oh. this past season, you gotta you gotta start thinking right outside the box. I would love that. Would be a great hire. I would. Yeah, me too. Deion Sanders. He has been offered by Colorado. Will he accept? Anybody's guess. Mm-hmm. That's your Colorado Buffalo update on the Lombardi line. <laughs> we welcome it, Josh Applebaum, host of Visa and Morning Daily Bets, and the Market Insights podcast. It was a blast hosting with Josh, Michael Lombardi, who's back healthy now. Michael was sick last week. I had a great time hosting with Josh. As we welcome you in, Josh, we're here into our final six weeks of the NFL season. I see you got the hoodie. You're rocking that underneath the suit jacket there. <laughs> Must mean that you have some sort of play on New England and Buffalo on Thursday night. What angle do you like in the Patriots Bills divisional spot to kick off week 13?
4: Ben and Pritch, it's great to be with you. Very perceptive. Also, Pritch, don't go be the offensive coordinator at Colorado. Stick around to V-CIN because we need you here. Uh, and hopefully uh, we can continue to cash some tickets. By the way, back in the days of, uh, of betting across America, remember we talked about Colorado. What was it, Pritch? Under three and a half wins? Under three? It was some really low number end up sailing under there, which is a great yeah, angle. Thank but, you for reminding uh, everybody about that, Yeah, Josh. thanks, Josh. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> at least you there. need some money, though, Pritch, <laughs> hey, for, for the viewers, for the listeners. So that's a good thing. But, uh, Ben, you're totally right. You know, it's getting cold here. That's why I'm going hoodie. It would, Maybe it makes sense here that I'm going to take the Patriots. But I like the Pats in this spot. This reminds me a lot of kind of like what you saw from the Steelers. I know it's a home team versus a road team. The spread's a little different, but it's kind of a primetime game where the public is all over the favorite, yet the line is going toward the underdog. If you look at the way this game opened, guys, it was Buffalo Bills laying around five and a half. We saw this immediately get down to five. A lot of books now are going down to four and a half as we show on our board at Vison right now. So if you find a, a kind of a square book, late moving book that hasn't adjusted, five would be great. Either way, I'm looking at the four and a half. I think there's a lot to like about the Patriots in this spot. I know as a Pats fan, obviously the Bills have had the Patriots number here the last few times. Couldn't even force them to punt the last couple times they've played. But this looks like a more of an even matchup. And I think the line is reflecting that. So not only do you have this reverse line move to the Patriots, Public all over the bills. They're getting 76% of bets. If the line's going to going to New England, why are the books giving out a better number to the public when they're already on the bills to begin with? So we kind of have a classic reverse line move. Same thing last night with the Steelers. But a lot of system matches here. Uh, you look at dogs who failed to cover le- the previous week. Remember, Patriots didn't cover that number uh, on Thanksgiving against the Vikings. Those teams are 41-27. and 27. ATS 60% this year. Sweet spot dogs getting 3.5 or more are 66 and 39 ATS this year, 63%. Primetime dogs, 61% ATS. But here's the best one, divisional dogs, especially late in the year. Those divisional dogs are 33 and 20 against the spread, 62%. Again, maybe it tees the Pats, 4.5 to 10.5. You could go through 7 and 10. I'm curious if the teaser syndicate, Pritch's syndicate, uh-huh. is interested in that one at all. But also, guys, aside from I'll take the points of the Pats, Maybe you lean a little, little bit under here. It is getting colder in New England. It's getting windy. You're going to have about 10 mile an hour, uh, mile per hour winds. It's going to be about 30 degrees. We have seen this total fall 45 down to 43 and a half. It's only getting 35% bets, but almost 60% of the money. And when you see divisional unders that drop at least half point, they're 19 and eight this year, 70%. So I'll take the pats and the points. Hope, hope they keep it close. I'd lean under in this one.
3: And Josh, no Thursday night football trends at all, because both of these teams are a week removed from their last games.
4: That's a great point by you, Pritch. Yeah, so there's no, like, one team played Sunday, one team played Thursday, so you're pretty even in that regard. And just one point on on those primetime games, guys, you did see, obviously, the dog cover last night. But it's not just a your death taxes and primetime unders anymore. You've seen primetime overs. I know I'm contradicting myself a bit here, but they've gone 7-0 and the last seven primetime games to the over. So maybe if you want to tease this up, give yourself more wiggle room, that makes sense here. But again, you had last night in a dome. Now you got the elements in New England. But that is one thing I've noticed in the betting market. These primetime unders, they've been struggling. The primetime overs, again, 7-0 and the last seven.
2: As we go to the big game on the Week 13 slate with Josh Applebaum right now on the Lombardi line, it's the Bengals and Chiefs rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. Market isn't really sure what to do with this game, Josh. We've seen this go open around two or two and a half with Kansas City laying it on the road in Cincinnati and not much movement. How do you interpret the early week market reaction here to Bengals and Chiefs?
4: Yeah, I'm looking at the Bengals here, uh, Ben. And again, maybe it's a teaser play, too, if you take them up. I'm kind of getting this thing going on Vison the, the 425 teaser, I'm looking at taking the Bengals up, and we'll get to in a second, but the Raiders as well, taking them up. If you like the Raiders, you probably like the Bengals, same sort of line movement. But you're right, Ben, not a ton of movement here, but I did see some books that were at three, got down to two and a half. I do see some books that are down to two. So, again, all movement seems to be at least inching a little bit if you read between the lines towards Cincinnati, even if you don't look at a huge line move, to me, it's just a really lopsided play. Like if you look at our VEASAN.com bet splits, 86% of bets are taking Patrick Mahomes. Can't blame him. Obviously it's a low number. It's below three. Mahomes is your favorite to an MVP. I think he's like minus 150, minus 200 now at this point, but the uh, kid city chiefs, it's almost like the last couple of years, like great record. They're nine and two, but I believe they're five and six ATS or they're four, six and one. Are they just They're winning, but they're not always covering. You obviously have kind of Cincinnati playing with house money. They're the dog. They're getting no public support whatsoever. You're giving me a team that's below. It's kind of fishy, too. Like, why is this line so low if everyone's betting Kansas City? Like, shouldn't this be up to three, three and a half, four? No, it's pretty much stayed where it's at. The angle here, to me, if you're betting the Bengals, teasing them up, or just playing the regular number, Joe Burrow, 14 and 7 ATS as a dog in his career, 67% ATS, and also maybe you get a higher scoring game in this one. It did open at like 51 and a half. Now it's up to 52 and a half.
3: Yeah, you know what's interesting? Uh, what the Bengals' psyche is too uh, with this matchup uh, against Kansas City. It's like Patrick Mahomes makes such a big difference a lot of times. It's quarterback, right, uh, Josh? He's the elite guy. Uh, in the league right now. I mean, Josh Allen, you can throw him in there as well at times. Uh, But the feeling that Joe Burrow could be that elite player too at that position, uh, that's what's coming out of Cincinnati uh, for this game.
4: Yeah, you're exactly right, Pritch. And again, I'm going to harken back to a game last week. I was on the Tennessee Titans. Tough loss there if you're on the Titans like me because you saw that line at one point at three, got down to a pick pretty much, continued movement toward the Titans. But what did we see in that game? Joe Burrow making huge throws when he needed to. Right. That sideline pass to T. Higgins. Bridge, I know you had a couple of those in your career, getting inbounds, getting your feet in there. But it just shows me that Burrow, things are really clicking. They really struggled with their offensive line early in the year. I thought that would be a big, you know, advantage this year, where obviously you got sacked so many times against the Titans in that playoff game. You made some draft capital, you made some trades, some free agent signings, but really they didn't have great protection. Now Burrow's getting that protection. I think that's that's what you're banking on here. A good quarterback keeping this thing close. Jamar Chase also, will we get see Chase in this game? That's something to look forward to. To me, the combination of Burrow playing great, the offensive line playing better, and also maybe getting Chase back. I think you can hopefully keep this thing close, either in the regular spread or teasing this thing up a bit.
2: One of the higher totals on the board, too. Keep that in mind. 52.5 right now. Cincinnati having won 7 of 9. Josh, there's another late afternoon game that you want to identify. There's a couple of divisional rematches this week, including... At SoFi Stadium in L.A., Raiders and Chargers, uh, who will do battle. Actually, that is, uh, I should correct myself, it's in Las Vegas here. These two teams met in uh, SoFi Week 1, narrow win for the Chargers. What do you expect in the rematch this week?
4: Yeah, so I'm going to make sure that Ben and, and Pritch are, are going to do the coin toss in this game. I want you guys at the game, and I want you rooting for the Ra- Vegas Raiders in this one. So I'm looking at the Raiders, guys. Again, I think if you look at kind of just the board and the way lines evolve and how they appear, some games look very similar to each other. I mentioned this a second ago, but similar sort of thing with the Raiders. If you like the Raiders, you probably like the Bengals and vice versa here because same sort of thing. A lot of these books were at Chargers opening, laying minus three. Now you're down to two. I see some books even down to one and a half here. Another contrarian play with a reverse line move. Only 30% of bets are on the Raiders, but they're getting almost 50% of the money. That's a pretty good low bets, higher dollar bet split here. Also, again, divisional dogs. I mentioned the Patriots there a second ago. Those divisional dogs, 33 and 20 ATS, 62%. Also kind of a bad ATS, good ATS play. The Chargers are 7 and 4 against the spread. That means if you bet them this year, you've made some money. If you bet against them, you've lost money. Meanwhile, the other way... Vegas Raiders who were kind of left for dead and we were wondering if McDaniels would get fired. Well, the owner gives them kind of a vote of confidence. They've won two straight in overtime, kind of some cardiac kids playing with some momentum here. They're only five and six ATS though, so people remember that. The public remembers that most of the year when they bet them, they haven't covered. So I like that bad ATS uh, versus good ATS. We have a line move toward Vegas. I'd take the current number. I'd maybe tease this thing up. I'm really excited for those 425 games, guys. But in your neck of the woods, that's 125, so make sure you're ready for that it. That is very
2: true. That thank you for true. letting <laughs> us know, Josh. We've only been watching football here uh, this time zone all year. But thank you for making sure we're aware. Uh, he is Josh Applebaum, at Josh underscore insights, host of the Market Insights podcast, VEASAN Morning Daily Bets. Great to see you, as always. Josh, stay warm uh, out there on the East Coast.
4: You got it, guys. Have a great day. You,
2: Josh. Great to see Josh, as see always. When we return, we have... Some significant news coming out of Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers just made some statements on the Pat McAfee show. It has resulted in a line move of a point in favor of Green Bay. We'll explain when we return and also preview Thursday night football. Patriots and Bills lines on the move there. Get Mike's thoughts as we continue on the Lombardi line.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSEN. With Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard.
2: Bet MGM is giving soccer fans a chance to go for the goal. Just place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more in any World Cup game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. With one-game parlay, you can make selections within a single World Cup game from tons of bet types, including team and player props. So just opt into the promotion, then place a one-game parlay wager. Of four legs or more in any World Cup game. You'll get up to $25 back. If you miss one leg, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. You know, Mike, there is a big match that starts in about 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. USA and Iran. Mm-hmm. Biggest soccer day here in the states in eight years for the United States. Chance to get to the knockout rounds. Yeah, we need a win. Need a win. We need a win. I'm not betting it though. The cynical U.S. soccer fan in me says nil-nil draw is what okay. we are getting today. But well,
3: your bet would be the demise of USA if you bet on on USA. It's been
2: a profitable approach in the past. Okay. <laughs> plus okay. two fifty is the draw right now. As I update the screen, U.S. is about a minus one ten favorite. Iran plus three twenty five. Uh, they're starting to fill up behind us at the Circus Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. So that is that is going to be uh, starting here 15 minutes from now in Qatar, U.S. and Iran, England, Wales, the other match going there in the World Cup. We do have some uh, a, at least one more pro tip to give you this hour, and that will lead into uh, the discussion we have in a line that has started to move. But the pro tip, you were mentioning this earlier, talking about Justin Houston's postgame comments from Baltimore mm-hmm. Pay attention to what players are saying in the media. A lot of times you won't get much. It's a lot of fluff and cliches. But when players make pointed comments, that can give you a pretty good indication of what is actually going on in the locker room. And you, you can speak to this more than anybody since right. you played. And you know when players are actually saying things of substance to the media, that usually tells the story. Well, in particular,
3: like when a player or coach or whatever goes to a podium, you know, that's coach or players speak. Like you're at the podium. You're kind of prepared for that moment. Uh, but when an insider or a media person can catch you in a weak moment or they can catch you in which they can get some good information, that's when I think as better as he can pounce. Uh, and, I, I, you know, Justin Houston, uh, the lackadaisical comment or whatever, but you can you can understand that, but also understand when he says lack of communication. OK, that's insightful, right? That, that's different. Um, and that should not be happening, by the way. Uh, not not on this date, at this time of the year, uh, on your schedule. So,
2: uh, yeah, there's a lot of information out there, as better as you can use. The Baltimore linebacker doesn't mean go bet the Broncos' money line this week, but just keep that in mind going forward. That's who the Ravens play this week, laying eight points at home. Somebody who always is willing to talk to the media and is somebody who will move lines by his position as a quarterback. It's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. was just on the Pat McAfee show about 20 minutes ago. Here was the quote. I got good news with the scans yesterday, so I plan on playing this week, Mike. Mm -hmm. Packers now four-point favorites on the road against Chicago. We're three-point favorites basically everywhere. You see that three on your screen. That was from about 30 minutes ago. Have now gone up to four. We still have no idea the status of Justin Fields, the Chicago quarterback, but pretty surprising to see that statement come out from Aaron Rodgers today considering he's dealing with a broken thumb was dealing with a rib injury as well from Sunday night in Philadelphia that he is already saying this early in the week he plans to play on Sunday.
3: Yeah, Bears safety Eddie Jackson has a Liz Frank injury too. He's out for the year, I believe. So there's that combination uh, as well. But, I, you know, Justin Fields, should he play? I'm not surprised that Brett, I mean, Brett, I almost said Brett Favre. I did. Former Falcon teammate, 91. I just, almost said, I just said, 91. Almost said Brett Favre. I'm not surprised <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers made news because he, he was going to break the news. we He he got the scans at the stadium. You know, you got imaging. I mean, you go through an MRI and all that stuff uh, on a Monday, right? And, okay, McAfee's show on a Tuesday, I'll break the news that my scans are okay. Your scans are okay. We knew about your scans. The team knew about your scans. So I'm not shocked that he's making news that way. But on the other side, too, though, I mean, Justin Fields, I don't think he should play, and I, I think – uh, the decision within that organization it's probably going to be like, he shouldn't play. I mean, he's our future, right? And you have nothing to play
2: for. You if you were for Chicago mm-hmm. at this point, it, what you say on Aaron Rodgers is so true. And yeah. you knew that would always be the case. And yet betting market has reacted to yes, it. It full did. point move up to green Bay. Mm-hmm. See where that number goes from here, but hard to advocate playing it right now because of the uncertainties around Justin Fields and where does, where does the number go? Where is that placeholder assuming? Is that just a split between Fields and Trevor Simeon, who played for Fields last week? Is that assuming Fields is out? Hard to say right now, but as we sit here on a Tuesday morning on the West Coast, it is Packers minus four in Chicago. Line that we look at for Thursday night, it is also on the move, but it's not really as a result of uncertainties on the injury front. It's more market support for the New England Patriots, who host the Buffalo Bills' first meeting of the season between the two AFC East rivals. And Buffalo Open is a a five-and-a-half-point road favorite in Foxborough, taking on the New England Patriots. Down to fives at most books, and we're starting to see some four-and-a-halves, including at BetMGM creep into the market. You think that's a justified move there, Pritch?
3: I mean, no Von Miller. Um, So, you know, for a Buffalo standpoint, a little soft to... Uh, New England wants to run the football. You know, Buffalo, the physical nature of that football team is not where I think it should be. Uh, But it is a divisional game, and, you know, it's a week of preparation to a full week. We we saw Buffalo kind of break routine, uh, and they still got the job done. But, I mean, it's about Josh Allen, too, and his abilities uh, offensively. Uh, But without Von Miller, no closer that
2: way. Maybe an opportunity uh, to catch points with New England? Isn't it also about quarterback Mac Jones for the Patriots, who finally started to show some life? If you like New England, and I certainly find myself looking that direction, plus five right now in the market, down to plus four and a Mm -hmm. half, where some books are trending. Mac Jones and the New England offense just put up 409 yards and nearly seven and a half yards per play in a shootout game last week against Minnesota. Going against a Buffalo defense without a leader in linebacker Von Miller and have allowed 73 first downs, Mike, over the yeah. last three weeks. An average of over 24 a game, which would be worst in the league if you extrapolated it to a full season. Makes Patriots plus five or four and a half pretty intriguing right it, now.
3: It, it really does. I mean, and I think that's why you see the line movement there. But, um, uh, you know, I, you know I, Mac Jones... <sighs> Where, where am I at with Mac Jones? I mean, that deep sigh—yeah—tells
2: it all. I would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: He, I guess he's better. You know, I—I I, I know that they're running the ball very, very well, and and they need to do that. Protection, though, is is under question in my opinion. And you know, Mac Jones still will make mistakes. Right? He will do things and make mistakes. Do things that could frustrate you too. I—I I don't know if he's got that out of his system yet
2: and at least for Buffalo, you wonder on the defensive side with giving up all the first downs, struggling to get off the field, it's not like at the same time they're giving up chunk plays and, and allowing like what we saw at a Minnesota's mm-hmm. defense, who was the last opponent New England played last week. It's not like Buffalo has just totally cratered and become a bottom-of-the-league defense. Right. The point in bringing up that stat is more th- they're really struggling to prevent those long, sustained drives. So you're betting New England, it's do you now trust that Mac Jones can be consistent enough to lead those long sustained drives and it isn't going to necessarily just be get the big hitter for 60 yards. It's more consistent, long sustained mm-hmm. drives down the field. And, and that's probably where the question and and some of the doubts come in in better's right. minds. Yeah, day.
3: because Mac Jones, um I mean Buffalo's built stop to stop the pass. And and Mac Jones is not that prolific Patrick Mahomes type type of player. Does some great things at times, but he also has a propensity to make those bad mistakes. Without Damian Harris too and Ramondi Stevenson, I mean he's a big back. Maybe he can wear down. Who knows? But uh, he's been carrying the load and been doing a great job, by the way. Um, but I think you got to be different against Buffalo, New England uh, offensively. But that's enough points, I think. Uh, you know, de- depending on the live movement where you catch it, uh, if you're comfortable that way. Uh, without Vaughn Miller, closer to that side of uh, the ball for Buffalo.
2: For the New England defense, mm-hmm. before the Minnesota loss last week on the Thursday night for Thanksgiving, 10th against the run and were the best defense in the league against the pass on an EPA per play allowed right. basis. Yet were sliced and diced, give up 41 to Minnesota, even though Patriots did outgain the Vikings in that game and the yards per play were much better on the New England side. you think, though, that that was that performance by Minnesota, though, a telling case study of how to get big plays past the New England defense?
3: Um, I, I think so, but, you know, consider this. Buffalo plays with six, you know, and, and the Vikings, they, they don't play with six. They play with four, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. They would like to play with five at times. I'm talking about eligibles on, on right. the offense. And so when you're playing with six, meaning Josh Allen is involved in the game plan, that's a whole and different a Six-back
2: offense that, uh, that we talk about.
3: Right, right. And so defensively, that can be uh, troublesome. I
2: mean, that, that could present problems. So As opposed to the standard pocket-passing right. quarterback exactly. in Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. from last week. Find out. Four and a half, though. Betting market going to New England Uh, that does it for us big thanks as well to the entire crew today with our technical director Andrew Ingold, our producer Matt Santos here at our Circus Sportsbook Studios big thanks to everybody behind the scenes Uh, Matt Hicks Mikhail Bala uh, Troy Kinch I I think I saw Q walk in as well Uh, Sergio Santos Rob Moreno Andre Perezo, all doing a great job on a Tuesday edition of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM wave that US flag we don't have one in the studio no draw no draw (laughs) want the US to win they kick off now there are all the fans filing in Dave Ross and Amal Shah will take you through all the live betting
1: angles for U.S. and Iran next on and Big Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.